1: White is announced as a gunner in a move so surprising that we already had two interviews recorded for it. This is the Arsenal Vision Postmatch Podcast. My name's Alex Smith, you can me man Twitter Yankee Gunner. Hey everybody. Uh, special release, special dispatch today because we have two Ben White interviews for you. Basically uh, obviously, this deal has been discussed at length over a long period of time, and during that time, I had the chance to sit down with David Hartrick, who is an opta in ground analyst and Brighton fan to talk to him about ben white and I had a chance to talk to Max a freelance journalist and top bin's talk analyst, who uh, also talked to me about Ben White from the Arsenal fan perspective and what he might do for us tactically. So I just want to say a few words about this deal having been announced firstly. You know, there's a lot of debate that goes into these deals ahead of time. Some people love them, some people hate them, and some people are in the middle. Although, uh, let's face it, nobody's in the middle. <laughs> Everybody loves or hates everything, um, and and that's great. Once the deal is announced, me personally. I try to say, okay, now this person is an Arsenal player. I hope he thrives. I hope he's a legend. I hope he's here for years and years and leads us to great things, and I will root for him to succeed in that way. Obviously, we'll analyze him as accurately and honestly as I can, but we'll root for him to succeed. I think it is exciting to sign a player for this kind of fee at this age, an England international center back who can be a long-term solution at a position that's obviously critical where we've had a lot of turnover. So let's hope for the best with this. The one thing I want to touch on quickly, because it won't come up in either of these interviews, he has given the number four shirt. You know, I think one of the reasons the Ben White move has been so polarizing in part is because of what it's perceived to mean for William Saliba. And whether you are of the opinion that William Saliba is excellent and we have screwed him over and we should give him a chance, or you of the opinion that he's overhyped and he wasn't ready, or somewhere in the middle... He is a player we expensively acquired. He is a young man who I think would have been very excited to join Arsenal, has never had the chance to play for Arsenal, sent off on loan before preseason, even started this season. And I think people were trying to read news clippings and tea leaves and things to say, you know what, it may not be over for Saliba at Arsenal. Uh, He may well be back. He may well be part of the plan. I certainly don't think with everything that's happened, if Saliba is part of the plan for the future, that you give away his number not because it means he can't come back, but let's not pretend optics aren't a thing. Optics are a thing. The club follows a lot of people on social media, in part to get a sense of social media perception. They they will know what the media says. They are aware of the chatter, and they will be aware that Saliba will be plugged into it. You know, young people are on social media too. The optics of giving his number to Ben White are not something that suggests to me that the club is too concerned about how Saliba will react to it especially given everything that's happened with him up to this point. And while it doesn't foreclose anything, I think it's suggestive. You may say, oh, well, you know, Elneny, I think, had his number given away. Well, Elneny was a player that we loaned out in his prime, and I don't think that we had much of an expectation for a future with him. And, you know, he's on a pretty healthy wage that he couldn't replicate somewhere else. Saliba is at the start of his career, was expensively acquired, and has never had a chance to make it at Arsenal. So these are different situations. I think the best thing now is to enjoy Ben White being at Arsenal. I think the presumption for me personally is that Saliba never will be. Over time, we will learn whether that winds up being a regrettable mistake, an intelligent move somewhere in the middle, Maybe we mishandled it, but in the end, it doesn't cost us. You know, the funny thing is sometimes a club makes a mistake, but actually doesn't get hurt from it. Because if Ben White comes in and is great, and we make top four this season, and we go on to build an exciting young squad with a core of young English players that stick around a long time and we win titles, no one's going to care, right? So all of this is going to wind up being relevant in the fullness of time. I think the process is maybe suspect, but the outcome can still be fine. So... You know, if you find yourself aggravated about that, annoyed by that, I, I certainly get it. You may know that I am sometimes prone to aggravation and annoyance, and sometimes prone to aggravating and annoying people, so what goes around just does come around, doesn't it? Um, but I, I think now it is time to, to see what Ben White brings us, and I think he can bring us a lot of good things, and that's what this episode is about. So first, David Hartrick from uh, Opta and uh, Brighton supporter, and then Max from Top Bins and Arsenal supporter. Two great conversations. I hope you enjoy and you can find David Hartrick on Twitter at get this David Hartrick. Hello Dave. Hello mate. You all right? Um yeah, I mean I am taking the copium. I am mm. I am in that that ho- hope springs eternal mode. I think it is a weird position to be in Dave in that like when your club says they're spending 50 million pounds on a player, you're just supposed to be over the moon. And I want to mm. get there. And so what I want to do today with you is maybe help myself get there, and I don't mean in lieu of good common sense, but what I mean is, it. since you're not an Arsenal fan, what's nice is we can set aside whether Arsenal should be doing this move, whether this is the right allocation of resources for Arsenal. What I think this conversation can be good for is getting to know the player and how much we should be excited about the player. We will dive in plenty with other people and in other segments and other times about the calculus of the move, the economics of it, and a lot of that will also be better understood, I think, as the Arsenal transfer window comes into uh, clearer focus with the other moves we Mm. make. So, for starters, as a Brighton fan, you know, I I think I am a Potter lover. (laughs) I will say that. Mm. I am a believer. I think he does some really interesting things, but can you sort of talk us through maybe a little bit of the way Potter's Brighton plays and how Ben White Contributed to what I thought was a very uh, pleasing on the eye. Nice possession style of football.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating being a Brighton fan because you don't know where you're allowed to complain. And what I mean by that is we play a really nice style of football. Uh, We pass the ball really well, but we don't score enough goals. And there's part of me wants to get upset about that and say we could be, if you put Ollie Watkins in our team, say I think we would have probably been 10 to 12 better points better off last season. And that would make a massive difference to where we are in the table. But we've spent over 75% of our entire history in the bottom two divisions of the English league. Mm-hmm. So it seems incredibly churlish to sit here moaning that we don't score enough goals in the Premier League, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's where we are. That's what we, you know that's what being a Brighton fan is about at the moment. And the thing about Potter is he has got us playing a really progressive style. We do. There are certain games where we are very front foot and uh, every second pass is a forward one. And there are other games where it's about constricting the space really. Um, and just getting bodies into those pockets in midfield in front of our, what, what can be a back five, um, to just try and get something from the game by playing on the counter. And one of the, uh, one of the biggest blows to us last season more than anything else, was losing Tarek Lamptey because he was such an incredible outlet for us in those games. Um, we just we lost a bit of impetus. But I'm a Potter believer too. Um, there are one or two Brighton fans who get incredibly frustrated, but I think that uh, there were so many... The saying is that XG doesn't lie. And over the last season, we feel like we've probably proved that wrong. <laughs> um, Interesting and there comes a point where you think right okay we've got to start we've got to start performing to the average we've got to start playing to the statistic basically and i just i just hope this season i don't know if we're going to buy a striker or not obviously we now have 50 million quid to potentially do it i look at Tammy Abraham and i think if you put Tammy Abraham up Top for us.
1: Can I interview Eddie and Keddia instead? <laughs> well,
2: they, they, do you know there's been a lot of talk since the White deal's been on the table. There's been a lot of talk about him coming to us for a season. Um, and I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against that because I, I've watched him a lot in England youth levels, and I actually quite like him. But is is that the person that comes in and gets us those extra ten to twelve points? No. Not realistically, um so if it was if it was him and someone else i'd be delighted but it's it's you know Danny Welbeck came in for us and did a unbelievable job he was he was brilliant, and I was so pleased he's got another year. but I think the fact that Danny Welbeck came in and did that probably tells you a little bit about how grand Potter's season went last mm. year because Danny Welbeck isn't a top class elite level striker so yeah I'm still a believer we we do play progressive football it is about possession we thoroughly deserve to beat Liverpool like we did we thoroughly deserve to beat Man City like we did but we've just got to find ways to score goals consistently and then we cannot have a third of the season where we're all watching the game absolutely tearing our hair out
1: I mean, look, I, I saw some things I couldn't even. Was it the West Brom game late in the season? Yeah, where was, you're just like, what, what is happening here? And I think <laughs> did, did you miss two penalties in that game or one? Yeah, penalty? so yeah. I understand. Just,
2: I mean, stuff like that. When you talk about XG, that's where you just everything just goes out the window. The, the Crystal Palace game where they had, I they beat us. What was it? They beat us two one, and too. I think they, yeah. they only had one shot on target. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> like and, and, you can't, you can't legislate for stuff like that statistically.
1: And I would say as, as a, Brighton fan, David, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that like, I understand you're going to get frustrated with a coach when you're mm. in that relegation zone or near it. And people are telling you, but you're XG, but you're XG, but also like there is a version of the season where instead of Potter, you have, you know, a Pulis or an Allardyce and you're still touching yeah, the, the nice relegation state. zone and you're playing yeah. eye bleedingly terrible football. So, I mean, I, I guess then the question to start with Ben White, is what role principally did he play? I think if there are people that have concerns about White being at this fee, it starts with the idea that we look like we want to play in a back four. He did it for Leeds in the championship. He didn't do it for Brighton in the Premier League. And so there's sort of a confusion about what he is as a defender. Where did he play, and and you know, was he principally someone... You know who who is playing in a position that that can be analogous to a centre back and a back four. How do you see that fit?
2: Well, he was basically he was playing right of a back three for us for most of the season. But his his I think one of the first things you've got to realise about White is his versatility is sort of outstanding. Really, he came on for England left of a back three. He's covered at right back, played a lot as a defensive midfielder. When he was at Leeds, he is. Um, one of the things that sort of marked him out from youth football to now is he is pretty much a complete player really he needs to there are lots and lots of things he needs to learn but every single basic in the game he's he's got down you know he completely understands and playing on the right of a back three for Brighton he was actually tasked with uh Particularly when when Lamptey was injured, the cover on that side was in some games almost non-existent. So he was he was you know he has covered in a four a right back anyway, but he was essentially playing as as half a central defender and half a right back in truth. And he's got the recovery pace and he's got the positional ability to be able to do that. But what I think is interesting with White in terms of Arsenal is I know like a lot of Arsenal fans are. Screaming out about creativity. And I get that. And you don't sign a centre back for creativity. But what white is, is when you, you, we've just seen the Euros and you've just seen Harry Maguire play as the central defender that everybody likes to point a finger at because they go, oh he's got a mistake in him. But the reason that, Man United pay the money for him and Gareth Southgate will play him every single time is because he's also the defender that likes to carry it between the lines and break that first line and play the most progressive passes and Ben White is quite similar to that he can carry the ball he's extremely comfortable on it and he likes to hit that pass into somebody's feet and try and take the midfield out of it and I'm not saying for a second that solves all Arsenal's creativity problems or anything like that. But I think if you look at how Arteta possibly wants to shape going forward, I think having that progressive passer as one of your two or three centre backs, potentially bear in mind at Brighton, he's played with sort of Webster and Dunk who've, who've, you know, and Veltman who I love all of them with all of my heart, but they're not progressive passers. They're nothing like on the ball. Uh, You know, he, he is a bit different. He is, um, a sort of quite a classy footballer. And you don't always say that about center backs. And I know as a center back, his primary role needs to be a top quality defender, but I would be very, very unsurprised if you suddenly see him being the one who, as i said steps out into midfield and tries to play that ball you know out wide or get them on on the front foot but he's got slightly more uh, he's got less chaos about him than someone like david luiz who wants to do that job but then keeps running forward ben but was white very important to, to us that. in build up to yeah. be fair
1: so so we do need to replace that
2: yeah and i i see that in white's game but the difference is white won't keep running <laughs> he <laughs> will he's he's got very He's got very little interest in the attacking third. <laughs> you okay. know, you won't you we don't, you don't see <laughs> yeah, you don't see him pop up at set pieces nodding goals in and all that sort of thing. It's that's not his game. So I think I think the Arsenal move on some levels makes an awful lot of sense. Is he the player you spend fifty million quid on in this transfer window looking at Arsenal squad? That I don't know if I'm and that's okay because
1: we're going to litigate that to death between now and the end of the window <laughs> and as I said in the intro I do think look if we wind up getting we're not going to but if we got Locatelli for 40 million and a for 20 million and you yeah. know we have Tavares and Laconga as backup uh mid uh, left back and midfielder and we got a goalkeeper no one's going to care that we spent 50 million on white if we spend 50 mm-hmm. million on white and the only other moves we do are Lakanga and Tavares, it's gonna look a little different. So that's hard to evaluate right now. I think one of the questions I have for you is I, I do hear a lot about how classy he is passing the ball, especially his long balls. I mean, I know he has his metrics-wise, he looks good on shot creating actions. His hmm. passing stats are not as impressive as sort of anecdotally he's talked about as a passer. And since you are a you know an in-ground analyst for Opta, you know, I'm and and obviously very data literate, do you have any thoughts on? him as a passer, maybe not showing up in the data and what it is about him as a passer that is good and maybe what there is, if anything, in his game as a passer that might need to be fine-tuned?
2: Yeah, he plays too many risk balls. Okay. You know, he, he that's that's the long and short of it. Is like he wrist just,
1: short five yarders through the midfield, or wrist poses no, and no, like over I, the top to the... yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's I, that's better. I can live with that. <laughs> you know,
2: he's he because he does. He is a progressive passer, and that's that's where he want to be. He is quite comfortable playing it over five yards and playing the safety balls, but he does love to look and try and hit a, a winger or a wide player from distance, and. You know when you 've got a player in that mold he's he's very very young, and that's as I said one of the aspects of the game that will come in time and I think the other side of it is, and this sounds absolutely brutal on my own team but you've got to you 've got to look at the sort of class of players he's been trying to hit in those positions who you know, he's going to, there is no no two ways about it. He's going to be playing with a better class of player at Arsenal. So I would expect that alone to see that completion rate go up a bit. Um, but I think also the loss of Lamptey, because having them two on the right hand side where he could step out of defence and then pick out Lamptey, who would be absolutely rampaging up the wing, to lose him like we did probably killed him on that side of things a little bit as well, because he never really had an understanding like he had with Lamptey with anybody else. So I, I think it's, as, I think it's as simple as that. And I, uh, the thing about Ben White is I know I'm a Brighton fan, but I, uh, I do opt as in ground analyst for uh, Huddersfield town. And I do a lot on the West Yorkshire beat basically. And mm-hmm. when Ben White was at Leeds, I did a lot of Leeds games and obviously as a Brighton fan, you think, all right, I want to, I want to have a look at this lad. I'm going to keep an eye on him. And I mean, it was no exaggeration to say he was probably the best player in the championship that year. Mm, Interesting. And it it was, he was just a, a, a different proposition to so many other players. You know, he just, I think I, I've done, I've done a lot of work around young footballers and looking at young footballers in my days with in with Maradona doing the hundred and various other things. And I think the difference with certain young footballers is you see that they've got all the talent in the world, but they need a bit of application and they need the mental side to be able to apply at the right times. And the ones that always make it and go to sort of the next level, whatever that level may be are the ones that have got the mental side down. You, you know, they, they play as if they're sort of 27, 28 and they're, they're 350 games into their career. Mm. And that's what Ben White was like. And that's why Leeds were so desperate to keep him. But we were never going to sell him at the time because we knew what a massive asset he was. And listen, Brighton Hove Albion can't turn down 50 million for anyone, but Brighton Hove Albion, I'll be honest with you, can't turn down 35
1: million they'd be they'd be dumb to right because at some point like that if you say to a brighton hove albion your 21 year old center back is going to get you 50 million that's exactly what you hope happens right that's how you can build and move up
2: yeah that's that's literally everything we're trying to be and the the thing we have to be slightly careful of with brighton is obviously we're going to lose white for 50 million basuma who i a door with all my heart is likely going to go for an amount of money we can't turn down there's a lot of talk around Lamptey as well I think in two years time Al Zate will be there as well so we've got we've got these players but you've also got to replace them <laughs> that's the thing mm-hmm. you've got to yeah. you've got to find someone to replace some, them and he will be He will be quite a big miss. I mean, there are a lot of Brighton fans out there uh, on social media being extremely vocal about he wasn't even our best defender last year. And I understand that point of view. Is that that just sour grapes? (laughs) No, I don't think it's sour grapes. It's more from the point of view of Ben White is not a defender. He's a clean shorts defender you know, he's, he's a Beresi. If I come off with mud on my legs, I've not done my job. Basically. He's That's
1: interesting. I want, can can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we did a, we did a scouting video, Clive Clive and myself, and we watched, um, a good, a good bit of footage from Y scout. And I know that's not the same as watching all the games. And maybe it's because of the playlists that we were watching. I don't know if you've been in any of these dashboards where, you know, they said, yeah. And, and sometimes that can be misleading, but I saw a lot of diving in. I saw a lot of going to ground. I saw a lot of trying to step in front of the pass to cut it out. And I wondered if maybe that's because he was playing a little more advanced in midfield, or you know, we had the cover of a center back in a you know in a three versus being by yourself Mm -hmm. in a four. And I was actually nervous: is he going to be a little too rash? And when he gets into a four and tries to jump in front of that pass or goes to ground to cut something out he's going to leave himself exposed. I mean, we went through the Mustafi experience and don't need that again. So was that maybe a trick of the, the playlist so to speak? Cause what yeah, you're saying I, doesn't align with that really at all. Yeah. For, for my money anyway.
2: Um, no, that's great. It's good to hear. We've got, uh, you know, we've got Lewis Dunk who is heading away missiles and punching away tanks in the center of our defense. And we've got a uh, web Dini, Adam Webster, who is, is really, really good. And is sort of a very good mix of the two really, but again I think those I think those actions are perhaps again a bit of a reflection of the team he 's playing in because i can 't sit here and pretend that you know we we are uh, we are absolutely brilliant in every area and i i think I think that is what that comes down to and I think the interesting thing is that usually we play him you 've got Duncan Webster, so if we play Duncan Webster or Duncan Veltman. You, you do have those two as the sort of traditional back line, the deepest line. And then you have White who plays a little bit in front of that. And one of the reasons you see him coming in front of the pass and doing that is because yeah, he is a, yeah, he's afforded the license to be able to do that, to take the risk. And part of that is because that's just naturally where he wants to be. I'm not convinced he's not a defensive midfielder.
1: Yeah, this, he, he this looked like he was thing. going hunting a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that—that's what we yeah. saw a lot of video of. And it's I, not that I hate that. It's just we play a back four, and we're spending fifty million, mm-hmm. and he, he's going to be the anchor of a back four next to a fairly inexperienced Gabriel. So we need a guy who can sit back there and be the rock. I mean, in addition to the passing and the carrying. Mm-hmm. And I'm—that's—that's that's where I think some of the question yeah. marks start to be. And that,
2: like, I, I'm like I—I'm fairly certain he's being signed as a central defender. But I, you know, if he went to a side, for instance, that played a like a slightly old school four-two-three-one, he—if you said he was going to be one of the two in front of the back four, that would absolutely make all kinds of sense to me. It, yeah. it really, really would. So I'm. Genuinely, and this isn't an Eric Dyer thing. This isn't where he needs to make his mind up, whether he's a central defender or a defensive midfielder. And, you know, he's going to end up being to, to be frank, a bit crap at both. (laughs) I just think his, the way his instincts are. And if he develops his passing, I genuinely think he is probably a defensive midfielder, but you know, who, who knows really? I think, it might be quite a nice problem for Arsenal to have that (laughs) in Mm -hmm. a couple of ways. And yeah, I, it's a lot of money, but there's a, there's what (laughs) that 50 million pounds does not buy the footballer you're buying, but it buys 50 million pounds worth of potential, which is what Ben White is. And you know, Ben White could feasibly play for Arsenal for the next seven, eight years, you know, make 400 appearances and suddenly 50 million doesn't seem so expensive. But who who knows how it's going to go, really? But, yeah, I, I it's quite interesting because obviously Arteta was this sort of arch midfielder. And you just wonder, does he look at White and think there's a little project there that I could turn him into almost a sort of
1: quarterback sitting in, the, you know, sitting in front of a back two? It's funny. We, it would be interesting to me. Like if we had a right sided centre back, I don't know. Someone young, really talented that we'd already expensively acquired. And we were willing to give him a go. And I don't know who that would be. You know, maybe like from France, so I don't know. And then we had Gabriel. And you look at holding in chambers in reserve and you say, it's a good core. Let's, let's move Ben White out in front of him doing sort of what he did at Brighton. Shielding a little, hunting a little, aggressive, progressive passing over the top and free Thomas Party to move a little further up the pitch where we think he could be free. Like That starts to form a really interesting idea. The the problem I Mm. think that I have with it is, I think once you spend 50 million pounds on someone, ideally you want to be buying a ready-made solution in a specific position. I don't think your 50 million pound guy should be, and and again, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think he should be your, maybe we can convert him into the perfect DM. Because if you want the perfect DM at 50 million pounds, You could just go buy like buy Basuma for 50 million. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, If you want a ready-made center defender, 50 million pounds will buy you a ready-made central defender. So I think my issue, David, is that like at this price, I'd like to believe that we feel we have the solution at the position he plays and we're buying him to be in that position because otherwise I think you could find solutions that are more ready-made for that. Does that, does that make sense?
2: No, that makes absolute sense. And the thing is, I don't disagree either. Um, I think...
1: Not well, that versatility is bad, by the way. Versatility is not bad. It's just no. you want him to have one thing he's elite at at that price.
2: <laughs> but what you want to versatility, I think, is is a great virtue. But what you don't want to end up with is John O'Shea, okay. who just becomes yeah. a six out of ten in about a million positions. You you mm-hmm. want you want them to be versatile enough to switch in game, not necessarily from game to game. Well so said, yeah. I completely understand that. But I think that it's it's quite mad to talk about any Brighton player leaving the club for 50 million pounds. But I think the only Brighton player I've ever seen who I would say for definite was probably going to leave for 50 million pounds was Ben White. That's the the difference in the levels.
1: Was this the only summer we could get him? Like if if he had stayed at Brighton another summer, is it the case where he's a full England international and he's going to yeah, United or he's I, going to City or he's going, yeah.
2: Yeah, the thing is, I think Stones and Maguire have proved this summer that they're England's back too for the foreseeable. But we've got a World Cup qualification campaign coming up, which should be relatively light going. Um, I think this is almost the COVID asterisk season because I think this is where the tiredness is really going to kick in for a lot of players. So I think White will feature for England. And I, I think that... Yeah, there, there, there's definitely something to that, and the other thing is, I always think that when you have a when you have a major summer tournament that involves European teams, so a Euros or a World Cup it becomes this all consuming thing and it becomes the transfer market becomes a reflection of that quite often. So it becomes everything is oh after the euros, wait for the euros to finish after the world cup, etc. And I do think that white was, was gettable at this price right now. Whereas you're quite right. I think if he, if he goes and has a stellar season for Brighton next year and he's this really, really young England international playing at a club that, you should be able to get him out of is incredibly versatile and you think, yeah, he could do a couple of different functions for me. I think then you're into the world of sort of 65, 70 million possibly. But also I think there's a flip side to this, which is, I think that Arsenal are one of the sides for what we will just call reasons are trying to get fans back on side with some flashy transfers this summer Mm. Um, and I think it sort of fits in that pocket to go and buy, a, perhaps the sort of the, the the young English defensive prospect that everybody's talking about. And I I really like um, the uh, Ben Godfrey, for example, who I think is really really good. But I think White is a level above him, really. So I I think there's probably lots of levels to this deal and lots of reasons to do it now, um, but. I'm sad to see him go, but I'm delighted to have got the money we wanted for him. I, I, you know, I can't. We will never be able to turn down that sort of money for any player, regardless of the situation. So,
1: yeah, I is, mean, it's it it's certainly the kind of business you would think can only help Brighton if they use the money well, yeah. and there's no indication they won't, given the trajectory of the club. But like, so let me ask you this because it's funny. If I was starting a, a firm that was designed to help clubs with transfers. Um, maybe call it Stats Blim. I don't know. I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll workshop that name. Um, (laughs) Just call me Elliot Knutson. Not Ted Knutson and not Stats Bomb. We're certainly not infringing on that idea. But if I was starting a firm like that, obviously one of the things I would use is data, um, video analysis. But I think a third prong to my strategy would be getting some really smart person, so not me, someone else, to create an algorithm that summarizes Twitter sentiment from fans of the club mm-hmm. because as much as people say, Oh, fans don't know anything. They're idiots. I actually believe in the wisdom of the crowds to some extent. Like if you yeah. were thinking of coming and buying granite Shaka from Arsenal, I think you'd actually get a pretty clear picture of who that player is summarizing the sentiment from Arsenal Twitter, some really mm-hmm. good things in his game, some flaws that will have you pulling your hair out. You know, I, I think this, this, there's something to that. And I, I tend to find that like, for example, you know, when we sold Alex O'Willby to Everton, there were certainly people that were like sad to see him go, Academy Kid, we love him. But there were a lot of people that are like, they're paying us how much? Um, yeah. With, with White, does he divide opinion at all? Is it universally sorry to see him go? Is it <sighs> are there people that are incredulous that he's commanding this fee? What would you say is sort of the take the temperature of the Brighton diaspora in terms of support for this move and and maybe feeling sentiment about the the fee that, that's being secured for him?
2: Well, they, there's a few different camps. The first one is the one I'm in, which is very much the realists. <laughs> which is, you know, as I've said twice, it, we just can't turn down that money for anyone, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it, and in the in 20 years' time, we still won't be able to. That is that is where we are. That's the size and the level of our club, and that's fine. There is another camp that is just incredibly sorry to see him go uh, and wishes we could keep hold of him because. A lot of, uh, as I said, it's that potential thing. He is, we've seen so much good out of him already. You start to, uh, then you start to inevitably think about how good he could be. Um, Mm. But it's just unrealistic that he would stay with us. And then there's another core, as I said, who want to tell you that Lewis Dunk is much better or Adam Webster is much better or Joel Veltman is much better or... Uh, there's it's not really an element of sour grapes I wouldn't say I, as I said it is an element of just sort of removing the context Lewis Dunk and Webster at times were both better than White last season but they're not learning the job to the same degree they're not tasked with doing the same things he is neither of them is particularly progressive neither of them wants to step into midfield neither of them wants to take a risk um, and, and it's all the The thing is i I work for Okta and I have conversations with people who work for opta and one of the things that drives us mad is that when people look at statistics and they remove context, mm. so they look at Ben White and they say, "Well, you know statistically he doesn't fit with a model of a just picking someone from random like a Harry Maguire at man United." Playing Man United is a completely different thing because of the quality of players, the nature of games, the the amount of games you play in a season, etc. The point at which Harry Maguire is in his career, um, you know, it, it you've got to you you've got to add the context in there. And the thing that White passes is for me when I judge a player, I look at two things. There's the numbers test. Do his numbers point towards several indicators of, okay, this lad is a prospect? But more importantly, really, is does he pass the eye test that backs him up? Can you actually see those things when you sit and watch him for 90 minutes? And you can. You absolutely can. And I think you're right. 50 million quid should buy you a ready-made player who slots straight into the team and is great from the off. That's not what Ben White is. And I think that's where there's the element of doubt and the element of confusion. And the I've seen one or two Arsenal fans say, yeah, but he doesn't solve any of our problems. I think you have to look a bit deeper than that. And as I said, you have to look at the sort of potential there, getting him this summer. Is he going to do the Maguire thing of playing in a two potentially, but almost being your first creative player, mm. uh, your deepest creative player, etc.? Is is he long term going to play a little bit higher? Could Arteta want to play with a back three in, at certain points? You know, there, there's loads and loads of context to be applied to this deal that we can't really answer. But yeah, I, I I genuinely think that the transfer market is just utterly crazy anyway. And I've sort of got to this point in my own mind where transfer fees just don't really matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the club this can is,
1: afford it, it doesn't, you know, I yeah. mean, it doesn't matter. Look at what Chelsea and city spend. And I think that's why we aren't going to know the sense of this transfer totally clearly in my view, first of all, until we've seen him play <laughs> that, that yeah. turns out to be pretty important, but also until we see how much other business Arsenal does and whether this blocked really any other important business we needed to do, which may not wind up being the case. Um, before I uh, let you go, I, I want to do just two things with you. One is like, I I think, I just want to get you on record as this. So you have you have no concern. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Let me ask. <laughs> what level of concern, if any, do you have about him, if this is the plan, slotting in at right center back in a four and looking very comfortable and secure there?
2: Um, I think he, he's, he's going to take a little bit of time to adjust. But I think if you look at... The fact he went out to Leeds having not made a league appearance and immediately settled in. He came back to Brighton having not made a Premier League appearance, immediately settled into first-team football. I don't think he's going to take forever to get there. But he's never. He's played in a Bielsa side, which is like being in the washing machine. He's played in a Potter side, which is about everything is refined and there's a lot of flexibility within certain dynamics he's going into another very very different system so I think you have to afford him half a season to just get to the point where he understands uh, everything he has to do but no I don't have any reservations that I think in in a couple of years' time, I think he'll be, you know, past 20 England caps and he'll be playing week in, week out for, for Arsenal. And, I, you know, he will make a couple of mistakes because he takes the odd risk and plays the odd risk ball, etc. But I, I think he'll be, you know, I, I don't want to sort of sit here and go and record and say, you know, like comfortably one of England's best centre-backs for the next decade. But if I remove my sensible head... I think he'll comfortably be one of England's best center backs for the next decade. So.
1: I mean, that's worth fifty million pounds. It, it just hmm. is. Yeah. Um, and at that yeah. if that is the case, it's pretty hard to argue with the move. I mean, you could argue with it chronologically in terms of other needs that the club has, but you know, we've seen the extent to which a, a ball playing center back can really influence build up and first phase of progression mm-hmm. and you know, a lot a lot of things that can help the team. So I'm gonna force you to pick. What's the area of his game that if it doesn't go right, you're going to say that that was something that was a flaw that he needed to iron out and he didn't iron it out? What, what's the weakness in his game to keep an eye out for that he's what, going to need to to tighten up to to really make sure he succeeds here?
2: What, what slightly worries me going to Arsenal is he will not have that freedom of having two really sort of chew nails for breakfast defenders to, next to him to help him out. So when he steps out of defense, when he tries to get in front of the pass, when he wants to take a man on and play that ball, I just worry about the level of cover. You know, is Mm. there anybody who's naturally going to just come across five yards to cover for him? Is there a defensive midfielder? He's immediately going to get that, that understanding with who knows when to drop five yards back just to cover him. That would be my, my worry. Um, is he gonna take too many risks from the off? But I, I do I do think you have to look at again, I go back to that thing about context, and I, I think as much as I think the first season could be ups and downs, I, I think he'll be absolutely fine longer term. And I think you have to look at, as I said, never played league football in his life, gets plucked out of nowhere to go and play for Leeds United. Under Bielsa, who, you know, we could whatever your opinion of Bielsa, you could talk to him, but you could talk about him for hours because he 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 just he is that manager, and Bielsa evolved him into something different and absolutely loved him. And by the end of the season, was essentially building that part of the team around him. Then he comes back to Brighton and goes straight into Premier League football, and just takes to it really like he's been playing there all his life Mm.
1: Uh,
2: i think you have to you have to be as confident as you can be that he's going to progress fairly quickly it's just as i said this is his third season where he'll be playing under essentially a new manager in a new system at some point you wonder if he's gonna just have a wobble you know just just have a, a couple of months where he just needs to get his head around what he's being asked to do. Well,
1: David, he's only that, stepping he up to mind. mid-table, so it's okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's yeah. a
2: joke. But again, it's, it's, it's <laughs> context. It's context. I know exactly what you're saying, and the table doesn't lie, but it's context. Arsenal aren't a mid-table club in Ben White's mind. They right. won't be
1: and no, he will, and we don't want that to be the case anymore either to no, be fair. So. and
2: he he will feel that step up he will know this is the next level he, he you know arsenal may not be competing for the title but he's grown up in an era where they were every season you know they had some titanic battles for the title so he that sets something in your mind you know mm. i I grew up in an era when QPR and Sheffield Wednesday are in the Premier League and I still think they should be in now. You can't stop what's ingrained in you. So Ben right. White know that Arsenal should be and I hate to use a Harry Redknapp phrase but a top top club <laughs> so he will feel that step up coming up after the
1: break it's Max from top bin he Stay would
2: not take that transfer if he didn't feel it was a suitable step up either you know because he has been he he's not stupid and his agent's not stupid he has been watched by everyone I mean and, and I mean everyone I know City and United have both been incredibly interested United in particular Um, I know Liverpool have watched him, but he was sort of always going to be out of the price range that Liverpool really want to operate in. I know there have been European clubs who've been looking at him. Um, Dortmund were really, really keen, but just they won't pay the price. You know, Dortmund are far more comfortable at that sort of 25 to 30 million level for their really top end players than than going beyond that.
1: Yeah, They want to be selling Um, for this fee in a couple of seasons, not buying for it. Yeah. So, you 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 know, it's not
2: <laughs> – Arsenal haven't just gone and done this on a whim. This is – Ben White is one of the sort of he's you know, near the top of the list at every top European club. He, he just is, which is an incredible position for a Brighton player and a Brighton fan to be in, to be frank. But it, it is, you know.
1: Yeah, well, it's – I mean, it is exciting. I think as an Arsenal fan, if you let your cynical side go for a minute – and the Saliba wars and the debates over value and the debates over other areas we need we're signing a bright young English center back at the dawn of the really the the part of his career where he could really become something special and could be an anchor of our defense for years to come in a modern mold able to carry the ball stride out in the midfield play those high value passes over the top you know keep the ball Will he thrive in the duels? Will his tackling technique and his, his defensive positional awareness be sufficient to be the anchor of a back four next to an inexperienced partner with, you know, maybe an inexperienced right back next to him? We don't know who the right back is going to be either. Um, we'll see. But and one that's thing that's yeah, important,
2: yeah. that's important, I'd say, by the way, because his his relationship with lumpty was brilliant so yeah. having that right back in there is is key but the, i think the other side i know i know we've gone way way over here no, it's i great. think the other side <laughs> is i think
1: all the content we can create yeah
2: <laughs> i think you have to understand it's a deal that also reflects where we are in football in terms of brexit because you can't it's not as easy to just go and pay 25 million or two twenty five millions to go and get two kids to play in that role that you pluck from a league in europe yeah it's not as easy to do that so 50 million for a young English kid who solves a problem for potentially the next six years suddenly that fee starts to look about right when you see some of the fees that I think over the next probably 12 to 18 months are going to be paid for very similar profile of players across the pitch Mm. Um, so I think that's the final piece of the jigsaw if I'm brutally honest with you
1: well, let's let's see if Arsenal are able to get those pieces and snap them all together, because mm-hmm. when you spend this kind of money on a player, you're expecting excellent performance right away and long term at a clear position that he can take and make his own. That's why we bought party for that price. But he was a you 27 know, year old grown man with clear skill set. Um, the, these hits, these gambles at these prices, you have to get them right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if you get a Laconga or a Tavares wrong, it doesn't hurt you so much. These, you have to get these right. So it sounds like everything you're saying is really exciting. Obviously not great news for Brighton, but with that money, hopefully they can do something really special and, and build and get stronger. And hopefully white can be a, a cornerstone of what we do for years to come. Whether or not the move makes sense. Again, we'll be litigating that for a long time. We'll be analyzing it from other angles, but in terms of hearing what he's about, I think You've certainly given us cause to be excited. And like I was saying, I think if you can turn off the cynical side for a minute, and I know I don't often do that, and just say, (laughs) hey, Arsenal are spending 50 million pounds on a guy who could be one of the the real dominant English center backs in in a modern mold for years to come. That should excite you if you can set the cynical mm-hmm. side apart for a bit. So let's do that. Let's be excited, at least for the time being. David, I can't thank you enough. You did this on extremely short notice, which people won't know, but um, <laughs> your ability to do that, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to say that indicates that there are better things you could be doing, but I, I really appreciate it, um, and, and I, I hope we get the chance to speak to you again. Maybe we'll check back in later in the season, and uh, we can all yell at you for how wrong you were or, or, or pat you <laughs> on the back for how right you were, how you weren't even right enough at how special he is. Sound good? Yeah, no problem whatsoever, mate. It's a it's a pleasure to be back on again. Super. All right. Well, please get following. Uh you can follow David at David Hartrick on Twitter. We will have more with him in the future and plenty more to say on Ben White. After the break, it's Max from Top Bin. Stay with us. <laughs> pleasure to be joined by Max. You may know him from the Top Bins Talk group. Uh, he's a freelance journalist and an Arsenal fan. You can follow him on Twitter at mtaylor1 underscore. Hello, Max.
3: Hello, Elliot. How are you? Thank you very much for having me on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure to, to, to have you on and a chance to talk more about Ben White. And, you know, it's funny because... It's a deal that has been talked about so much and stretched on a bit this summer that I think everybody had the chance to first be curious about it, then hate it, then think maybe he's worth it, then be really excited about it, and then turn the corner and go back and do it all over again. So watching the cycle <laughs> of, of uh, justification or acceptance or rejection of this deal in the Arsenal diaspora has been interesting to say the least. But you know, we, we spoke with David Hartrick, um, who's an Opta analyst and a Brighton fan about him over on the patreon side and uh, we'll have that out as well but I i wanted to get your take not so much on the transfer in terms of its economic viability because that is something that i think we're going to be examining over a longer period of time and frankly is only going to reveal itself based on how he plays for arsenal because whether or not people think ben white is worth the money we are spending it can become worth the money if he is Arsenal's rock center back for six seasons playing at an elite level, or it could very quickly be obvious that it wasn't worth the money. It's an answer we may have to wait to get more firmly. But in terms of who he is, that to me is the interesting part now and the part that I really want to zero in on. So the first thing I want to do is get a 30,000 foot view from you. Just like in your mind when you think about Ben White's center back, what kind of center back is he in terms of you know, the, the the way he's going to play this position?
3: I think, I think the first word that comes to mind for me is intelligence. Um, and I think, you know, he's 23 years old, but he plays as if he's a lot older. Um, I think his main quality defensively is his, his anticipation and his reading of the game. Um, I think he's excellent at anticipating passes from midfielders into the forwards' feet or he understands or he sees before it's before the pass is made, if it's going to go beyond him in behind and he drops back and, and can get there before, um, you know, he's not the quickest centre back. I certainly think he's quicker than Dava Louise and, and Rob Holding, who have played on the right-hand side last season for us. Um, but he feels quicker because of the way that he can, he can read passes and he can anticipate the next phase of play. I think that's really important for a centre back. Um, and I think he's he's really developed in, a lot in the past two seasons. Obviously, in 2019-20, he was on loan at Leeds, and um, that was a very coveted move. By the end of the the season, because he was excellent for them in their promotion campaign, and and obviously learned a lot from Marcelo Bielsa. Um, and then last season under Graham Potter, um, I think he learned a lot playing alongside Lewis Dunk, who's a centre back. I don't think is spoken about enough, and and I really think he's quite excellent. and and Ben White learned a lot about the art of defending um, from him. Mm-hmm. And so as a defensive player, I really do think his main quality is his understanding and his anticipation and, and reading plays before they before they uh, develop. And he's able to make a lot of defensive actions because of that.
1: Interesting. Um, so I kind of want to skip ahead for a second to a, a question that keeps coming back to me related to how this player is going to integrate to Arsenal. I know that we have sort of unique positional play that we use, but Max, are you concerned about this player at this age with what he's been doing in the Premier League, stepping in and being prepared to play in a back four as one of the two center backs, where the one that will be left of him most likely will be Gabriel, who's, who's quite good, but also still learning, a bit raw, still has things that he has to iron out in his game. I mean, it, it feels like you're asking a young guy to be a leader at a position that isn't necessarily the cleanest fit for him right away either. So, you know, I'm curious if you see that partnership potentially leading to Ben White having some struggles himself by not having a more experienced center back in a four next to him.
3: Yes and no. Will, will they face difficulties and, and adversity? that's going to happen. I think that would happen regardless of who comes in. Gabriel's in now his his second season of Premier League football. Ben White's in his second season of Premier League football. They're going to face difficulties. Um, Do I think it will be a problem? No, I don't think it will. Um, You know, I think anyone that we would have... People were calling for for Saliba to come in and, and be a starter. And many people have been upset that he's been sent out on loan again. He's far less experienced than than Ben White. And Dava Louise moved on. He chose to move on. That was something that was out of Arsenal's control, it seems. Um Rob holding, yes he's more experienced, but I think Ben White is is a much, much better centre back. Um I think the good thing about Ben White is his versatility. You know, he's now spent four seasons um at different clubs playing senior football. And despite the level, you know, obviously he really stepped up the English ladder, League two to League One. To the championship, to the Premier League, um, experience is experience, and I think the fact that he's he's looked so comfortable at every level, um, and he's sort of been at teams that have been really successful in Leeds, and he's been at teams that have not been so successful, and have have been in some sort of a rele- relegation fight with Brighton, and um, he's really he's really shown his maturity um, in both situations, and I think that um, I think he's going to settle in well. I think there'll definitely be moments where he's challenged and he might go through some, some tough patches or have a rough moment in a match. But I, I think that's expected. And I don't think Arsenal are out of position and, and expect to be in a position where that's um, that can't happen. I think it will happen, but um, I don't think it's going to be a problem and I don't think it's going to happen that often.
1: I, th- I think where I, I find myself sort of raising not necessarily red, red flags, but questions is people point to his experience versus Saliba, for example, uh, and he does have more sort of first-team football under his belt. He's also older. I mean, at, at the point, at, at Saliba's age, Ben White was in you know, the third tier of English football, I believe. Um, you know, Saliba's yep. been playing in the first tier of French football, and you can compare those as you like, but there's definitely a gap there. And Saliba's playing as a center back and a back four at the top tier of, of French football. The one season of Premier League football which is pointed to as sort of the reason why the fee and the age and the, the fit is right is a season where he did not play really at any point in a way that to me is analogous to what a center back in a four does. Now, look, I, I, I hinted at it at the beginning positional play under Arteta has been interesting sometimes even when we're in a four our build-up looks more like a three because Shaka would drop in right to that back line of defense right. there would be a central center back like a Gabriel and then over on the right it would have been Louise who's playing more like what you'd think of as a right center back in a three in the first phase of build-up and if you give Ben White that kind of a role positionally that actually does start to look a little more like what he did for Brighton but in the defensive formation defensive setup and you know when we're in our in our mid block or our low block i think he's going to be taking up different positions and that's the area where i'm sort of wondering if he may get exposed as he was a very front-footed intercepty early sort of hunter type defender for brighton with the the sort of more standard center backs behind him providing cover i don't imagine that will be the case at arsenal so given that that's his premier league experience Does that not raise some questions? If not, in the build-up phase, where I I do find myself convinced that his carrying and his his high value, long passing, and and his general technique on the ball will be very valuable, but then in our mid-block or low-block, you know, off the ball, that that's where we could see some of the some of the the challenges pop up.
3: Yeah, um, a couple points is is one um, in reference to your point about about dropping in into sort of a left centre back or a deeper left-back role and, and us forming a three, um, that could happen again. Xhaka uh, looks like he's leaving. So I think as of right now, we don't know what our set's plan is. Yeah, that's How we position ourselves <laughs> in build-up. Um, I think there probably will be moments where we do form a three. I think there'll be other moments where when a two, I think, will be very fluid and it could change from match to match. It could change within games. And um, I think the great thing about Ben White is that he can do both. And the reason I say that is because, yes, at Brighton last, last season, um, and I'm going to reference um, a point that, that Michael Cox made when he spoke about centre-backs, and he works with Athletic, and that is he referenced them as cats versus dogs. A dog being a centre-back, comfortable uh, pushing out of the back line and anticipating passes, like I just referenced that Ben White could do, or a cat who, who sits deeper and, and and reads play and, and sort of barks instructions or barks, or however a cat would do it. So, uh, so now you, what, you, you've gotten full
1: Paul on me. I have no idea how the analogy works now. <laughs> the cats are barking, okay. the dogs are chasing. I don't. I don't yeah, know.
3: I've yeah. just I've just switched it up. Let me just it's, let, it's, let's it's let's okay. try this again. A cat, yeah. a cat is not as aggressive in his defending. Got he it. sits back, um, and he and he reads danger, and he anticipates that. Um, but he might not be as aggressive in stepping out of the fence and uh, p- p- potentially leaving gaps in behind him.
1: Whereas the dog is like think, a puppy um, with a ball. He goes and chases it down and, and wants to hunt it. And meanwhile, the dog
3: it, yeah. is aggressive in Got his it, defending, okay. and he will step out of the back line, and he may leave gaps, but um, he anticipates danger, and he often is successful when he does step out of the back line. And I think last season at Brighton, in a three, both Ben White and Adam Webster were the two outside centre-backs um, outside of, of Lewis Dunk, and they were dogs in their defending. Um, they were aggressive when stepping out of defence. Um, because they knew they had that extra um, layer of protection behind them in in Lewis Dunk, um, and so a lot of the, the discussion and the opinions about Ben White have been about his role last season at Brighton. But I think at Leeds he was more of a cat, and he he wasn't as aggressive in, in his defending, and he played in the back four for the majority of his time at Leeds um, with with Cooper and. He wasn't as aggressive, and in fact, I thought he was the deeper the centre-back of the two, and he often uh, read play. He often was the was the guy who maybe stepped back and, and didn't didn't uh, jump up into midfield to, to make an interception or to cut out play, and instead he was the one reading play. He was the one organising those in front of him. And so I really think that he's able to do both, and, mm. and Gabriel is very much a dog in his defending He is aggressive and he steps out. and He does often leave gaps. And we saw that at times for Arsenal last season. Sometimes it was successful. Other times he exposed himself. And so um, I think Ben White, and I think the reason Ben White is is so wanted by Arsenal and, and they've been so aggressive in their pursuit of him is because they know that he can do both. And I've seen a lot of opinions about Ben White and a lot of concerns about whether or not him and Gabriel will be the right fit together. And I think Ben White can do both roles, and I think that's why um, he's going to fit well with Gabrielle.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I I have to admit, I've, I've sort of come around to the idea of why this can make a lot of sense and work out. I do think that it is increasingly important to have homegrown players. I do think that when you have... Uh, English players you also maybe have a little better chance to hold on to them or at least if you can't hold on to them recoup massive fees when they go his age is certainly good um having that position locked down long term with a homegrown player uh you know who who is Ill, potentially elite like yeah that sounds great to me I do think that there is a lot of projection in terms of what he can become and the fee we are paying to me seems like maybe you should be expecting to get a player where there's a little bit less projection about what he can become um you know but that that's sort of splitting hairs because ultimately if he if he is very very good then the fee is going to look i mean if not fair maybe even potentially a bargain if you get six or seven years of an english center back who plays at an elite level you know starting just at sort of pre-prime age so i i you know, I can get behind it at that level. One thing I just kind of want to ask you, Arsenal-related, that's not Ben White-related, is your feeling on whether it was right to prioritize center back at this time, you know, at this kind of level of expenditure, especially when, as we sit here recording today, central midfield, for example, is an area that we really don't have a clue about. Um, right. You know, right right back is an area with a lot of question marks, and it's a position that I think has become one of the paramount uh, in the game, especially as as it... Translates into attacking play, and we see what a left back like Tierney has done for us. What would a similar quality right back do for us? So, I think there are other questions that need to be addressed in the, in the squad. Uh, certainly, we need to go out and buy Ramsdale for thirty million, but that's another story. <clears throat> so, I, I guess what I would say is that, like, I know I have I am open to the idea that Ben White right now is better than Saliba right now, and that Ben White can come in and potentially start for us, where Saliba maybe could not do that. I do think there is an argument that a group of Saliba. Holding, Gabriel, and Marie can be fashioned together to be the center backs we use this season as we see Saliba potentially take the step forward to be the great player that he looks like he has in him and that we paid for and that is on the books already, freeing up you know 50-plus million pounds plus hundreds of thousands of wages to go out and strengthen in other places. For you, is Ben White a good enough player and a sure thing enough? That the <clears throat> deployment of resources in this way, rather than what I outlined as an approach, makes sense because everything is about opportunity cost, right, Max? So, like, it's not no. Ben White bad, need Ben White, Ben White good, need Ben White. It's what else could we do with Ben White's 50 million and his wages? Would those things make us better than he will? And could we have used huh, the dreaded internal solutions and the possible evolution of a maybe elite center back in his own right in Saliba? to solve the center back issue for this season while deploying those resources to maximum effect elsewhere. It's hard to explain because it's sort of an abstract idea, but opportunity cost is is a concept I think everyone's familiar with, and it's it's not that Ben White isn't good. It's whether you feel that Ben White is going to bring to us an assortment of of attributes that are so good that spending the money elsewhere would not have moved the needle more.
3: It's It's something I've gone... I've gone back and forth on since it's, it's the, the likelihood of us signing Ben White has become clearer. Um, and I, if I'm completely honest with you, I'm not a hundred percent sure either way. Um, as a player, as, as, as a, as a center back, he's, he's someone that I've wanted Arsenal to sign for a long time. Even when, he, before he was at Leeds, uh, he was a prospect that was really held in high regard and, and, He's only proven how good he is in the last two seasons. Um, And so as a player, then absolutely, yes, I think he's a centre-back that uh, is going to fit in really well at a club like Arsenal. Um, Is he someone we needed right now, I think, is an entirely different question. I think how Arteta and his coaching staff see Saliba is something we all would love to know, but we we don't. Um, I think we all have an idea that Saliba is ready to step in and and be the centre-back that we know he can be. Um, For whatever reason, the coaching staff and Mikel Arteta, most importantly, don't see him as being ready. Um, And then you look at that and you go into a season with Rob Holding, Gabriel and Pablo Mairi. Good enough. Um, I think Rob Holding improved last season. I think our defensive record spoke for itself. We had the third-best defensive record in the league we did not have a very good record in terms of scoring goals. And you look at that and you think, all right, we need to improve in positions in in more forward positions in midfield and and in attacking positions. And defense is not much of a priority, Um, but we're also trying to rebuild this team. We're trying to rebuild this squad and signing a homegrown 23 year old premier league proven. I know that's sort of debated about, but he's had a season in the premier league and done really well. He's versatile Um, there's many things about Ben White that are really attractive. And I think in some ways, maybe his, his euros inclusion sped this whole process up. I thought he'd spend another season at Brighton and maybe Arsenal felt now is the best chance for us to get him. And, and for that reason, we decided to spend this money on him. I think you can look at it in so many ways and we could go back and forth. And I think, think there's valid points on both sides. Um, I don't think it's a bad investment. I don't think, um, we've made a mistake. If we do sign him for 50 million, I think, I think it will be judged by if we spend similar money or if we then improve on positions that we also need to improve on, such as in midfield, uh, finding a creative player to go alongside Smith, throw and Saka, perhaps finding a new right back. Um, we have to make sure that we do prioritize those, those positions as well. And if we go out and sign Ben White and nobody else before the end of the window, then yes, I think we've, we've not, we've, uh, We've not made a smart allocation of resources. So um, I think there's many points to it. But in terms of the player we're signing for this price, I don't think it's a bad investment at all.
1: Yeah, and by the way, I can hear the people pushing back on my opportunity cost uh, rubric (laughs) because they might say, why does there have to be an opportunity cost? What if the budget is infinity, right? Because there has been this weird thing going around, Max, where people are like, no, we're actually going to buy Ramsdale for 30, and we're going to buy Ben White for 50, and we're going to buy La and we're going to buy Tavares, and we're going to buy a central midfielder for 50, and we're going to buy a number 10 for 70. And, like, maybe we are. And if we are, then I, I think I've been clear, and I'm on record as saying, then Ben White is fine, man. <laughs> then party in the USA. Like, it's great. Like, we can, we can spend whatever we want, so go get all the players. Until I see that KSE is going to spend whatever we want— I have to presume that there is an upper bound and that upper bound is somewhat tied to a number that is a net spend that we will do and beyond that, we won't do. That may not be the case anymore, but I don't know why it wouldn't be, especially post-COVID. You know, you could go with Paul's answer, which is because KSE realizes we're in trouble and we need to spend to get out of it. But is that spending number 300 million net spend, 500 million net spend, a billion net spend? There's clearly some level. Um, So yes, if the net spend is... I mean, really, really large and much, much bigger than we've ever seen in the past and doesn't have the kind of restrictions it's had, then buying Ben White is by no means a bad move. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's sensible. You're getting a good player at a good age with money that you can afford to spend. It is going to be proven out by what the remainder of our business is. And if it turns out that there's business we really feel we needed to get done and didn't do at the level we wanted, then I think we have to, to revise our opinion, but I, I do accept that the opportunity cost argument doesn't hold. If in fact, it's not costing us anything. If we still do all the other business too, um, right. let's, let's dive in as we start to turn the corner here towards the end on, on attributes. Cause I think that's really it. I know that you like Ben white. So I'm going to force you to do the, the, the bad part first, which is let's say it's December and fans are frustrated and Ben White's struggling and we're not happy with him. Why would that be? What are the attributes in his game that if he isn't succeeding right away, it's not to say he can't get better, but if he isn't succeeding right away, are the reasons he's not succeeding right away?
3: I think, I think his biggest weakness is his aerial ability. Um, he's not the tallest centre-back. He's not the most aggressive in the air, and he's not the most successful in the air. He's in the eighth percentile of centre-backs in, in the big five leagues in terms of winning aerial duels per 90, and that's only 1.47. Um, he is not a dominant aerial defender um, and he's nothing like Gabriel in that respect Um, so I do think that's probably his biggest weakness Um, in terms of leadership and and, um, being vocal David Luiz was very much that centre back for us um, last season and and season four, Ben White is not that type of centre back Um, he's not a super vocal leader, he's always played alongside more experienced centre backs uh, throughout his career Lewis Dunk last season, Adam Webster as well um, Liam Cooper at Leeds, um, he's not had to be the vocal leader um, in the back line and um, he's joining a young back line at uh, Arsenal, if, that does, if this does go through and, and Kieran Tierney on the left and, and Gabriel um, and whoever it, it is on the right and so um, I don't think we're going we're to replace Dada Luisa's leadership or even Rob Holding's when, when he's coming as well. Um, mm. I think at times he is guilty of Especially last season, um, perhaps being overly aggressive or, or um, thinking he's read a play, uh, mistiming a tackle and leaving himself exposed. I think he does it less than a lot of other centre backs that are similar to him in in wanting to step out and, and wanting to uh, be risky in their defending. But I think, like I said before, his intelligence is his best attribute. But um, being that type of centre back means that you're not always going to be successful in those actions. Um, and I think at times he is guilty of diving in. Um, you did see it last season uh, when when Manchester United went to went to the Amex and uh, Ben White dived in twice on Marcus Rashford before before Rashford scored, and that's sort of a goal that's been been shared a lot um, when since these Ben White rumours have have come about. Um, but I do think it's a rarity. Um, but I do I think his his main weaknesses are his aerial his ability in the air and um, his tendency to to be overly risky at times
1: yeah um i mean that that is the thing that i'm sort of concerned about too i think it is fair to say max that like he he was given a role at brighton that does seem to be kind of like hey you've got the safety net behind you go chase go hunt go go get the ball right um right and that freedom to go do that is great can you just turn it off when you don't have that net behind you maybe you can maybe it is just a case of That was my role. I think the thing that is so difficult, certainly with data in defending, but even scouting defending, is so much is driven by the system, right? You look at Ramsdale, not that I necessarily want to invoke him right now, but one of the things I think we know we want is a keeper who's good with the ball at his feet. Ramsdale launched the ball more than basically anybody else in the Premier League, had almost no short passes, all launches. But is that because Ramsdale can't pass the ball? Or is that because Sheffield United didn't want to play out from the back? Well, I certainly think the latter is the bigger influence, but as a result of that, we don't have any good tape on Ramsdale playing short. Certainly not in the Premier League in the last couple of seasons. And this is what's challenging, right? It's not that Ben White can't sit back and be the rock in a back four, so we haven't seen him do it in the Premier League. We've seen him do something kind of like that for Leeds, although I don't think it's as much of a traditional back four as people say. Um, real quick on the Leeds thing, I hear people say a lot, oh, you know, Elliot. You say he didn't really play in a back four, but he did for Leeds. That was a back four, and he was dominant there. You know, I've looked a bit at those Leeds games and, and looked a bit at, at how people analyze those Leeds games, and that was a pretty unique system too. I don't see that as having been, again, the sort of traditional two center backs in a back four system. So am I missing it? Was that really much more of a traditional role for him?
3: Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't you know, a, a, always a stable and set back four, but I don't think a lot of teams do play for across the back lines at all times in possession or, or out of possession. And, and, and Arsenal certainly won't. There'll be moments where he's he's uh, further wide on the right and he's he's closer to the touchline. There'll be moments where he's almost directly in the middle as a as a as a third centre back um, and, and the, in the middle centre back. And I think he's got great at both. Um, I think his recovery pace and his ability to deal with players in wide positions is a lot better than Rob holding and, and David Luiz. Um, and he had to do that a lot this past season at Brighton as the right-sided centre-back in a three. And he often, like I spoke about in in the piece I wrote about him, he often was positioned as a right-back and um, he had to deal with situations in wide areas. In other situations, he was more of a central centre-back and and had to deal with the centre-forward. And so I think he can deal with both. And yeah, at Leeds, he wasn't always the right-sided centre-back in a four. At times, he was wider. At times, he was central. And so... That's something that's going to always change, especially with Arsenal, especially under Arteta. We're never going to be a set stable back four. We're always going to be in different... Our players are always going to be expected to be comfortable in different areas of the pitch, both with and without possession.
1: I think that's very fair and well said. And you know, something that occurs to me, Max, is that like there are things I bang on about. I don't know if you've noticed that. But like one of the things that I bang (laughs) on about is I don't need Arsenal to beat Liverpool and Chelsea and United and City right now. It's fun when we do that, but if we want to get back in the top four, we have to hammer the bottom teams. We have to reliably, yeah. consistently get six points off the teams that are you know, eighth and below, let's say, right? Ninth and tenth and below. I shouldn't have picked eighth because that's us. We can't get any points off <laughs> us. Um, to be fair, the way we lose games sometimes, it feels like we're getting points off us. But So I guess what I would sure. say is I could see a scenario where Ben White and this this is sort of interesting. I want to dive into this with you for a second. I can see a scenario where Ben White winds up looking pretty bad in the big games, where we're pushed back when our low block more often and partnered with another inexperienced center back in Gabriel, some of the weaknesses in his game as a traditional center back come to the fore. And we get a little bit exposed against a Chelsea, against a City, against a Liverpool, But in the games against the smaller teams, where the onus is on us to create, where we've struggled in the past because our attack hasn't clicked, his carrying and his ball progression, his ability to stride out and play higher up the pitch, win the ball back, turn defending into attacking quicker, unlocks the attack more, and we win more of those games. And yet, because we live in a meme economy, because we live in a Twitter economy, because we live in a highlight reel economy, in a big game economy, in a narrative economy, The mistakes he makes in the big games could lead to him developing the reputation as being a, quote, flop, whereas actually what he's giving us in the small games is a big, big key to unlocking what has prevented us from getting max points in those games. I don't think that's a very far-fetched scenario, right, where the, the more traditional defensive role in big games becomes a bit of a struggle for him, whereas the things he does in the smaller games really help us pick up points there. Is that... Is that a dynamic that you could see playing out based on the profile of who he is right now? Or is that just nonsense I've invented out of thin air? Which is possible. No, I, I think I think firstly
3: is trolls and, and people who make these highlight reels of mistakes. It's not worth listening to. They're, they're made for every player. Um, you could probably even find one for Lionel Messi. So... Um, those types of videos and and these highlight reels of mistakes will happen regardless. I I, I would just stop you
1: and say that the opposite is also true. I've seen highlight reels of players that are, do not deserve to have them.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You you see, you see both sides of that. And I think, yes, Ben White's most difficult moments will probably come in the bigger games where Arsenal don't see the majority of possession are forced back and, and defend for the majority of their time, close to the 18 yard box or in it. And that's probably where he's least comfortable. But I think this whole time we've spoken about Ben White's abilities as a defender, his positioning, um, what he's best at when defending. But I think the main reason he's being signed is actually for his qualities on the ball.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um,
3: And I think that's the best part about him. You know, you asked me his best attribute as a defender. And while I said it's his anticipation and reading of the game, I think his best qualities as a a player of what he does with the ball. Um, And Arsenal's difficulties last season... Um, and I think one of the main reasons we struggled to create chances and struggled to score goals is because we were so poor at the first phase of play and building out from the back and progressing the ball from the back into midfield and then creating chances from there. And we relied almost entirely on Granit Xhaka and to an extent David Luiz. And both of those players will probably not be at Arsenal next season. Obviously, Louise has gone already and Granit Xhaka looks to be on the way out too. I almost think that Arteta is looking to redesign the way that we build out from the back and the way that we progress the ball. And so it's important that we have players that can do that in multiple areas of the pitch, not just on that left side of a back three once once Granite Jacker drops into that space, not just from David Luiz when he's there too. We need players that can do it in all areas of the pitch. And I think Ben White is going to be such a key player for us in that respect. Um, there's, two, there's two parts of ball progression. One is... Passing, progressive passing, and one is by way of ball carrying. And I think Ben White's excellent at both. And I think he's best at ball carrying. And we saw that in so many examples at at Brighton last season where he's comfortable progressing and and bringing the ball forward from that right-sided centre-back position. Um, There's so many moments where he receives the ball and the majority of centre-backs, they've played a simple pass to their midfielder. They may even go back across to their fellow centre-back. But Ben White's comfortable moving the ball into midfield and then finding players in wide positions. Um, And then he's excellent at passing too. Uh, At the beginning of the season, before Tarek Lamptey was injured, I thought they had a really great connection, where Ben White was excellent at finding him either out wide or he would find him in beyond. And I think Tarek Lamptey picked up a lot of positions that Bukayo Saka does at Arsenal on that right-hand side. And I really think that those two could form a great connection in terms of balls in behind or, or balls to Saka's feet. Ben White's also excellent at switching play. Um, uh, uh, Brighton had had Solly March or even Dan Byrne in, in left wing back positions, and, and Ben White's comfortable at switching possession from from right to left with both feet. Um, and I think that's another thing that that Arteta was drawn and drawn by. Um, and those are things that we Arsenal really need to improve on. Our ability to progress the ball from the back was just not good enough last season. And and you know we speak we speak about Ben White's defensive qualities, which I think he has. In- as
1: mm. um, So then I think we just finished with this. I-, I know you like the move. You like the player. Um, you-, you think it makes sense. And I, I can get there. I really can. Um, it- in terms of just what you think is-, is realistic, can he step in and be our starting right-sided center back from the get-go and play at the elite, you know, elite level. Or are we going to have to be, you know, I mean, look, the easiest thing is just to, to say be patient. Because there's no skin in the game saying be patient, right? Be, be patient is the safest thing. I'm really sorry, Max, when you spend 50 million pounds on a center back and one of the reasons you're doing this Premier League experience and he's stepping in to start right away and City and Chelsea are two of your first games, admittedly, you know, those are two you could probably throw away because it's not that important. But like the be patient thing doesn't work. The goal is for him to arrive and be good right away. Do you, do you expect him to arrive and be good right away?
3: Yes, I, I absolutely do. Do I expect him to be a 50 million pound player right away? No, but do I expect him to be worth that money um, very much sooner than, than, than many expect? Yes. Um, I think he's gonna step in and, and be a very important player for us. I think he's gonna step in and be a deserved starter for us. Um, Will we have to be somewhat patient? Sure. In aspects of his game, might not be fifty million pounds um, value. He, you know, he's he's not he's not a, a, a top class. He's not a world class defender at this point. But I certainly think he can be um, much sooner than we expect. And um, look, we're going to have to face moments of, of difficulty with him, um, and that's going to be expected. But um, I don't think that it's going to be a waste in that in that regard. No. Mm.
1: You know, what's funny, right? Like we do so much analysis where we try to dive deeply into situations. And I think as much as that's great, sometimes it can dull the enthusiasm of a big signing. And I think what's happened with the focus on squad building, because it's really important. And we've learned it's really important because we're eighth consecutive seasons. We're not eighth consecutive seasons because of climate change or by accident. We're eighth consecutive seasons because the club's made bad decisions and those bad decisions have cost us on the pitch and we've declined. So we have to care about this stuff. But I would like to also recapture a little of my youth. The heady days of my, my early 30s where I could just be like, we splashed the cash, woohoo! Here comes this fun young English center back. Yeah, he's gonna be the next Saul Campbell, can't wait. And like I, I do think we need to have a little of that, right, Max? Like, I mean, for all the analysis, and I understand why it happens, and I love it, and I I, I love partaking in it, and it's important. There, There's a point where you do just want to kind of turn it off and be excited to splash the cash and see the new guy come in and, and, and root for him, right? Yeah,
3: but I also understand why why Arsenal fans maybe not 100% confident in this deal. Our two most expensive defenders are Saliba and, and Mustafi. You know, it's not exactly uh, an excellent... Lists as of right now, especially with Saliba, because we don't know what's happening with him. But and I think Arsenal were aware that it is somewhat of a gamble. Um, I think they're aware that they maybe are paying a premium for him. He is English. Um, he was wanted by other clubs. Um, he is young, and there, and there is, you know, no matter what we think or deny, there is a premium for paying for homegrown talent. Um, I think yes, it is a gamble, but I think it's a gamble that Arsenal feel they have to they have to take. And having lost David Luiz. Um, we're about to lose Granite Xhaka too. Um, it's an addition in an area of, of the pitch that's that's really important for us. And um, it's some it's, a, it's an area that we really need to improve upon. Um, it's an area that, that's going to be important for us, both defensively and in terms of creating chances, which was such an issue for us last season. And so I believe they feel that Ben White will be worth the, the price they're paying for him um, very, very soon. And he's going to be a player that we're going to have for a very long time. And so when you look at it that way, 50 million might seem like a lot right now, but when he's the player that we hope he will be in three years' time, it might seem like a bargain.
1: Fair enough. Well, you know what? I'm going to get myself excited for it, and then I'm going to come destroy your mentions when he scores two own goals against Brentford in the first game of the season. So we'll, well see how Hopefully,
3: my account, my account will be turned off by then. Fair, fair enough.
1: You know what? It's not a bad plan. If you can't get people to block you on Twitter, just deactivate. That works too. Uh, Max, it's a pleasure. I really do appreciate it. Um, you've made some salient points, despite the questions being uh, utter nonsense, as usual. You can follow Max. You should follow Max on Twitter uh, at mtaylor1 underscore the top bins. Guys do some great work. So, Max, thank you so much.
3: Thank you very much for
1: having me. Okay, that'll do it. I hope you enjoyed this. A chance to give you a little listen to two different takes on Ben White, but I think both fall on the same side of the ledger, which is that he's a good player, one that Arsenal are lucky to be getting. Whether or not the fee makes sense, whether or not it was the right business for this time, those are all things that will be answered for us in the fullness of time uh, as the season progresses and as we get a better sense of uh, what he looks like playing for Arsenal, whether Arsenal have finished all the business we needed to do to make this a special season, and hopefully that will be the case. I think the one thing we can say quite clearly is while not everyone will agree on the wisdom of moves, we all agree we want them to succeed. We all want them to succeed. And while this move uh, has divided opinion in some ways, he's an Arsenal player now, and I hope he becomes an absolute legend. So we will leave it there. There'll be plenty more to come. Of course, we'll have an instant reaction pod uh, coming up after the Chelsea game at the weekend for patrons. We'll have a full pod on Monday. And uh, who knows, if any other news gets announced, we'll cover that too. So thank you so much for being here. It means the world to us. We really do love you. And we will talk to you after Arsenal 10, Chelsea (laughs) nil.